Welcome to Redemption Unscripted. On this podcast, you will hear unscripted conversation to help you know Jesus, grow in your relationship with Him, and go advance His kingdom. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of Redemption Unscripted. I am your host, Austin, and with me on the mic today, as always, we have Rick McKee, our lead pastor. How are you doing, Rick? Good, brother. Good to be back together doing a podcast again. And on the other mic, we have one of our semi-regulars, our other associate pastor, Jared Williams. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. If my dishwasher stops leaking, I'll be doing better. That has nothing to do with this podcast, but I'll be doing better once my kitchen doesn't have water on the floor. Sorry, brother. <laughs> well, one of the, the topic we're going to dive into today, so we're going to be dropping this episode in the month of October, and one of the things that's coming at us at the end of October is Halloween. And so I remember about eight months ago, you and I, Rick, having this conversation about Halloween because we used to have an event uh, for our middle school ministry called Halloween at Edge. And we talked about that and wanted to go away from that just with some of the pushback we got with the idea of Halloween and, you know, should we celebrate it, should we not? And obviously doing an event for our middle school ministry, that brought some questions uh, our way. And to be fair, like you rode that event hard for your entire time as our student ministries director. And as soon as you handed that role off and became an associate pastor, now it was time to end it. But it's when I finally got wise, and I'm like, this is just causing us flack we don't need. And it's a, it was a good event. It was one of your best events, right? Very true. Yep. Very well attended, and yet just the name of it caused some Christians to wrestle, which leads to the question on the table today. And so one of, I think where we can start is, is kind of the history, because I don't think many people know the history of it and know exactly where it came from. And so let's just start there. So when we think about Halloween, like what are some of the roots? What's the historical background uh, of this thing we celebrate called Halloween? Do we do sound effects for this? Like, I feel like there should be like a... We could always add can we, them. Can we add that in? Is that a, like a... That's what TJ thing? does for yeah. us, right? In, in post-production. <laughs> is, that, is that too far? To get the... if we TJ's don't got bad skills. He'll take care of it for us. <laughs> you could actually do that. Anyway. Uh, all right. So Christians are, I think, there's a couple different camps for Christians. For a lot of Christians... They have no idea there's even an event. This is Halloween to them is just an American holiday that you have fun with. It's like Thanksgiving. But but really at the end of October before Thanksgiving we dress our kids up and they go out and get candy what fun. Okay, a lot of Christians fall in that bucket. Then there are some who uh, are like, yeah, I understand there's some issue out there, but I'm fine with it. Then there are some who get really bunged up and are like, no, this is a pagan holiday with a lot of evil spiritual roots, and to participate in this is a bad witness, and it's harmful to our children and to our culture, and we must separate ourselves from that. Now, in that camp, there, there can be a lot of misunderstanding about the roots of Halloween. Yes, there are some pagan roots, but there are also some very, uh, very Catholic roots, that branch of Christianity. As we're talking camps, like as you're looking at these camps in your mind, does, is there a right camp on this issue? Or is this one where you see a lot of different freedoms in whatever your camp? So we're talking about, there's the people that don't believe in Jesus camp. Okay, we're not, we're not affirming that. But as you lay down those camps, do you feel like there's a right camp on this issue? Uh, 
I think it'll help to sort through some of the, the, the background behind it some, because there are some, there is truth and error in here, no doubt. But I think it's really hard. There's, it's difficult to find a verse in the scriptures that says, thou shalt not celebrate Halloween. And so anytime the scriptures are not incredibly clear, I think it's a time that we need to give permission to each other to have difference of opinion. Do you agree? Yeah, no, hence, okay, so what is Halloween? And diving into the background, okay, so what are we saying? So there's pagan roots and there's Catholic roots, really. I mean, again, there is, there's Protestant roots in that October 31st is Reformation Day, but, but there's not really any tradition behind that related to candy and costumes, and it's really boring by comparison. So some of the pagan roots, it comes from uh, Celtic. Uh, the, the Celts had, both Irish and Scottish had, um, something called Sowin, which was a festival that kind of celebrated the end of summer and the beginning of winter. And in winter, they were going into kind of the dead season. You get that? Like it, things would get cold and dead. And they thought that time of year that the... Um, the land of the living and the land of the dead got really close to each other, and so it got really thin between them. And uh, dead, evil spirits were able to cross over. And so because of that, they would have bonfires. Uh, they would dress in costumes in order to ward off the dead. Um, and they would also go house to house kind of reciting like uh, lyrics or verses uh, from pagan culture. Uh, and, and so even in Scotland, my people, gotta love them, uh, the, the young folk would go house to house threatening mischief unless they were welcomed in and given food, which is probably like... Trick or treat. Yeah, there you go. So there's, give us a trick, right? It's so interesting to see like the root of it, you know, okay, wear a costume to hide. Now, if we were to quiz even just our folks at Redemption yep. Chapel, what was the point of the costume? I don't know that any, you know, but maybe a couple that would say, oh, it's to hide from the spirits as you go about, you know. So it's interesting to see the roots, but also what it is today. Yeah, and, and there's no doubt that, that was a non-Christian religion practice, that pagan religion. But I think for some people it gets twisted up in their minds that they confuse that with the occult, that, that it is necessarily satanic. So if my kids uh, dress up in a superhero costume and go around to the neighborhood and get candy, they're going to end up as Satan worshipers. Like, that's a little bit of a jump there that, that's been made. So it just, it's not a Satan. Yes, there were, it was a pagan cultural festival that had some roots, but not that only. It was also a Catholic thing. So with Catholics, there was the, uh, the word Halloween. Actually, hollow means saintly or holy. Uh, and hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. That's right. So it, it was it had synonyms like All Halloween or All Hallows Eve, uh, All Saints Eve. And uh, that was observed on October 31st. Actually, originally not, and then they shifted it to that, quite possibly to usurp the pagan holiday. Quite possibly. Admittedly, that might have been what they were doing. But uh, what they did on that a Catholic holiday was they were remembering the dead including the dead saints or the hallowed ones, right? So saints, martyrs, faithful departed. This was common in England, in Germany, in Austria. Um, and as part of that, the poor, uh, predominantly poor children, would go house to house, and they would be giving soul cakes 
Now all that it was a cake that was a little small cake, but it would have had the shape of a cross stamped into it. I think Reese's made it. It was Nestle. That was a Nestle product. I I, yeah, I don't. I don't think so, brother. But <laughs> they're maybe. amazing. <laughs> yeah, filled with peanut butter. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> the, the better ones. If you go to the good <laughs> neighborhoods, right? They gave out the big ones, right? <laughs> anyway, so so they would get these cakes, and as a result, then the poor children would pray for the dead or the departed of the family that lived in the house giving out the cakes. So, I mean, you can see some, some connection to what we did today. And also, they, they, um, they believed that the souls of the departed could wander the earth up until All Saints Day. And really, as that day approached, they would, the departed, the dead ones, would get a little bit more fussy and, and vindictive on anyone that wronged them during their life. And so what would happen is people would start to wear disguises or costumes so that the spirits out there couldn't recognize them if they had something against them in order to seek vengeance upon them. So now you see costumes and going house to house and all that. Apparently the spirits are very stupid back then. Looking for the person, I can't recognize him. He dressed up as a princess. I don't know exactly. <laughs> exactly. So now, how much as you look at the history of it, does that matter for you today or is that how much should it matter for us today looking at that roots and what halloween is well some of what that history does for me is it helps me realize that this isn't some occult satanic there were pagan roots there were catholic roots and it is also reformation day so it all swirls together and right away i hope that helps some people go maybe if I've been in the like anti-Halloween crowd, maybe it's not all that I assumed it was. I, I think there's been a caricature of Halloween painted in some very conservative Christian minds that makes them react strongly against it without all the facts and details behind that. Now, none of what I have said makes Halloween some it's not on the same level with Christmas and Easter. It's just not the incarnation or the crucifixion or resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's no way. And even in the Catholic one, that is dripping with bad theology and superstition. I mean, that is, one's a pagan holiday and one's a Christian pagan holiday. You know, like, so neither of those backgrounds make me go, so this is a really good thing, people. Yeah, I mean, hence the, the podcast we're doing, like on the surface, man, there's some rough stuff and you, I can get the initial pushback like, ooh, let's, let's just, as Christians, we shouldn't participate in that. You can see on the surface where that comes from, but as we peel a layer back, like, okay, so what do we actually do with it? And So, I mean, even in that camp that rejects, and some of it I would want to ask, okay, what is the fear? You know, what are we afraid is going to happen if we participate in Halloween? You know, I mean, so some of that, you know, that's where my mind goes of, okay, it is a participation in, so I think we'd all sit here and agree, like, we're not for rich, witchcrafts. I don't know about you, I don't want my kids partaking in witchcraft. That's no, a, no. Yeah, that's a biblical idea. So then the question for me becomes, okay, is my kids participating, you know, is my daughter dressing up as a princess? Is that going to lead her to participating in witchcraft? I don't know. You know, I don't well, think so. Well, I don't so. think yeah. so at all, yeah. honestly. And when I think about the American holiday as it is today, where kids dress up in costumes and go house to house and get candy. By the way, look this one up. One-fourth of all candy sold in America in a year is sold on Halloween, wow. for Halloween. One-fourth of the entire year's candy consumption around this, ho this holiday. 
So it's really about candy more than pagan and Catholic and all that. And so you, Jared, you've got two cute kids. Austin, you've got two cute kids. When you're, uh, each of you has a son and a daughter, when your daughters and your sons dress up and go around, do we expect they're going to come off that time and go, you know what? I think I'm going to be a witch. I think I'm going to worship Satan. I think I'll be a pagan. Like, I just don't think that's going to happen. And I think experience has borne that out over time. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's an imagined fear. I mean, I, yeah, can it happen? Maybe, I don't know, but I don't, yeah, I don't have that fear with my kids and I don't, I don't think we've seen it happen. So. Yeah, I think if totally left unchecked and if it became more than that, you know, like, so, are Ouija boards still around? But you know, like, oh, sure. So when I think of like Ouija board, there's a serious. I don't know. Not that we would encourage that. I was about to say if it was, we'll put it in the show notes, but we will not no, put that in the show notes. Not in the show notes. But so something like that, like to me, and I remember, you know, we would do some of those different things. A part yep. of it, totally unchecked to dive into those. Yeah, I would never, and I would, I would be talking to my kids if I found out, or they were pursuing like a Ouija board now, like, like actually dabbling into some occult type stuff. And I remember as a young teenager, and maybe even a few years before that, doing a, a Ouija board. I remember doing a seance. I remember I didn't come from a, yeah. um, a background where we walked intimately with Jesus at all, and I dabbled in the, those things concern me, and I've spoken against those from the pulpit at times. But kids in costumes getting candy from neighbors, that one doesn't concern me. The Ouija board is specifically designed so that we can communicate with the dead. And you're really not communicating with the dead. You're communicating with either nothing, so you're stupid, or you're communicating with something, and you're even more stupid because that's a demon. And so it's a really bad idea. I don't think candy and costumes leads to Satan. Yeah, I think the the main stuff you see at Halloween, you know, in our country right now, the commercialized side of Halloween is less Ouija board and like that. And it's more go to a house, get a ton of candy and dress up like a cool superhero. I mean, that's most people, that's what their Halloween experience is. I don't know. I keep thinking of movies as I feel like it just overlaps of some of that, like, okay, don't watch that movie, you know, or, you know, that kid's going to become, I don't worry that if my daughter watches this or that, that they're going to become a witch. Now, are there certain movies that are too far that, you know, does set your mind on demonic things and be bad for you? For sure, you know? So it's kind of like, yeah, at some point it crosses the line. But by and large, yeah, going to get candy. Like, yeah, I think your dentist has a big beef against Halloween. <laughs> I don't know as I as a pastor that I feel like that's like, you know, I'm, you know, super afraid of it. If, and again, unless completely unchecked and it starts to kind of get off the rails into some actual dark things. And that's where, when you say actual dark things, we can shift there here in a sec then and talk about how can we as Christians best leverage and interact with Halloween and what are some of the boundaries and limits. And, but, but at least I want to say, hey, there's, there's freedom on this. So if there's a Christian out there listening to this right now and is saying, I just don't like Halloween— you're okay with us. Like, we love you. You're, you're fine. Like, and if, if God's put that on your conscience, then, then it's sin to you, you know? So, so for you to say, I'm not going to participate. And I knew families like that, that every Halloween, they went out to Chuck E. Cheese to just avoid the neighborhood. The kids didn't feel like they had to. The kids had fun. What, you just avoid it. Fine. Totally fine. 
is ironic to me because that massive, creepy mouse is, is as scary as any costume out there. That Chucky oh that used to freak me out as a kid. <laughs> and all the, all the germs that Chucky e. cheese. <laughs> yeah, like, you're far more in danger <laughs> oh of that urine in the bottom of the ball pit exactly, than you are. Exactly. You know, be putting scissors in your Reese's Pieces. But if, somebody, if somebody's in the anti-Halloween camp, fine, fine. And if somebody's in the like, no, we enjoy it, fine. When somebody gets into the pro-Satan spiritual side, now we got a problem. But I don't think Christians are in there. And so I think these two camps have to give each other a lot of grace and a lot of freedom and a lot of permission. Uh, and you have your opinion, I'll have mine, and, and we'll be okay with each other. Yeah, because even then, we're not just saying, oh, that's that's not real or can't be real. I mean, we both live in Kent, and you know, there is there's some <laughs> like Wiccan, you know, witch's roots there that, that, that could be. So we're not even saying that's not real. The question we're saying is, okay, does them going trick-or-treating lead them down a path of that? And like you said, maybe if you're in a camp and say, I don't even want to risk it, okay, that's fine. You know, you don't, no one's making your kid go trick-or-treating. <laughs> I can remember. We do live in Kent, and uh, so when my daughter was, she kindergarten, first grade, she was really young in school, and one of her best friends, uh, that girl's mother, was a Wiccan. And it was coming up on Easter, and so my daughter's friend asked her and said, hey, uh, what do you guys think about Easter? <laughs> to which my daughter basically preached the gospel to her. And that was the end of the friendship. Unfortunately, <laughs> my little daughter had no idea about Wiccans and all that. And they were uh, quite offended. And my daughter was just answering their daughter's question as they were playing over Barbies or something. Anyway, but, uh, but yeah, Wiccans are real. Witches are real. Uh, they're out there, people who practice that. And it is a biblically prohibited practice no doubt about it i think a big part of it like anything and you know as we're thinking through with our kids you know a big part of the piece of it is talking it through with your kids you know like you know my kid will watch a movie all the time with false things and okay do i help them understand you know truth and as we do that do you talk to your kid about it like hey you see some of this you know i i think that's a big part of it you know not just rolling the dice and i hope my kids don't go down this route well we'll talk to them about it you know absolutely and, yeah. yeah, and I think that's, I mean, that could be a whole other topic for another podcast. Like the idea of, as a parent, you got to engage, you got to have conversations. So Halloween or anything, we never just throw our kids out there and say, figure this out and good luck. Like, no, there's involvement in having that conversation. They teach them how to discern. One of the things I've said to our congregation often is that your role as a parent is not to protect your child, but to prepare your child. And, and that's the difference here. So if it's if it's protect, I'm not going to talk to my child about it at all, as you were saying, Pastor Jared. But no, no, no. I'm just going to insulate them from the very idea of it. As opposed to what you were suggesting, Jared, is to, hey, let me prepare my child. Let me help my under child understand the issues here at an age-appropriate way that grows over the years. But now my child goes out in the world, not ignorant of it, but actually understanding some of the issues behind it and why we do what we do and what we don't do and all that. And we've all seen that, you know, so talk about Kent, but also, you know, talk about some of our past in college ministry. Like, we've all seen that when something wasn't explained, the kid doesn't understand the heart, and it's just been told, you can't do this, you can't do this. What is that? Well, now that's a very enticing thing that they don't know anything about. And at some point in their life, they're going to have the freedom to dabble in that, you know, and hence to prepare them for that moment. Because at some point, you know, I mean, you think you're going to, your kid's going to be 35, and you're going to be going and making sure they're not participating in Halloween, you know, or do you help them understand what it is, like what's good, what's bad, as opposed to making it this kind of, you know, forbidden, intoxicating thing. 
I think we, we've kind of already hit on some of this, but as we kind of, you know, we've kind of went through the history, we've talked about even just all of us as Christians, there's a lot of different opinions, some camps we might fall into, but, but what's some of the practical things we can get into? I mean, you know, obviously as Halloween's coming up in just a couple of weeks, I mean, how do we practically uh, go at this holiday if we decide to, you know, celebrate it, if you want to use that word. Yeah, right. right That's the caveat, because some of our listeners will say, hey, I don't feel comfortable at all. I don't engage. Fine, totally fine. But your question, Austin, is, yeah, what about the other camp that says, as a Christian, I will engage with this, uh, and what what can we do, what can we not do? So how how do we leverage this? Do you have any ideas? It is nothing spiritual, but I, I just always wanted to leverage it for my like popularity in the neighborhood, and I always wanted to be the full candy bar house. Like I, we loved Halloween growing up. My mom. You Are you know, sure you want to say this on air? Like <laughs> my address is. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> be lined up. <laughs> but we, you know, so my mom was one of nine. Twenty of us cousins. We would go trick or treating all together. Halloween. We loved it. I, to this day, can drive you to that neighborhood and point out the houses that were full candy bar houses. Like, we would lose our mind. Like, it's a full butterfinger! You know, like, and so I just wanted to bring that joy to kids. And we actually did when we moved into Akron, did it one year, and then nobody showed up. And then the next year we didn't do it. And I regret that to this day. I remember kids breaking their hearts, coming up like, I thought you were the full candy bar house. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's just, it's more expensive than I realized. And... So, I mean, but in a real way, like, I think there is a, I don't know, I, I like bringing joy to kids, and it is just a fun way to interact with kids in the neighborhood that I don't, you know, normally don't see. So I, that's one of my favorite things about it, of watching the neighborhood come alive, but also making connections with people that I don't cross paths with, you know. Absolutely. And as our culture has shifted from the front porch to the back porch, you know, that, that it used to be everybody had chairs out on the front porch as people walk down the street, you'd interact with. That's done. And we cocoon. We drive up our driveway into our automatic garage door, garage, shut it. We don't interact with our neighbors. We go into our fenced-in backyard, and we sit on our back patio, back porch. Halloween is one time of the year that we necessarily interact with our neighbors. And it's a wonderful time for Christians to start to be salt and light and build relationships and build connections and like export joy and bless little kids. Oh, man. And especially if you're known as a Christian in the neighborhood and you're a pastor, Jared, so you're probably known as a Christian. Like to be that family who doesn't have the curtains drawn and the lights off, but to be that family that is handing out good candy. That doesn't hurt. So it's a little back and forth for me and Molly, my wife, because I, I get so excited. And we, I just want to give every, every kid as much candy as he wants because it just makes him so happy. And every like this is like a legit thing in my marriage, like every Halloween, like, honey, what about the kid who comes in an hour? You're not going to have candy. But I, I get so excited. Like, how much? I ask him, how much do you want? Like three, I'm like, you could have had five, say five, and they'll say five. I'm like, go ahead, take five. And I get it's just fun, I just love making kids happy. But so, if kids come to your house, they need to be like the first five kids because yeah. they're gonna get everything, <laughs> clean them out. Yeah. But th- th- that's risk reward because if it's you know, if it rains, those kids at the end, I'll just like, I, I like to do like this, I'll, I'll put all their bags open and then I'll just dump it in, in like throughout all their bags. So, if you're at the end and there's a lot left, you could be getting the whole bowl. So. so so about now you're teaching greed, basically, <laughs> right? So let's maybe another, that's another episode, episode we'll right there. Okay, good, good. 
Well, and, and so I think, yeah, those are some great practical things. But, I mean, what are, you know, one of the questions I would love to hear you guys even answer is, um, I think there's been Christians over time that, with a good heart, have tried to leverage uh, Halloween for the gospel. But there's been some cheesy approaches. They haven't always done it the best. I mean, I'm sure we're we're guilty of maybe trying some weird things. But no, like, okay, Austin, you're a hosting, so you don't say as much on the mic. But I'm going to draw you in, brother. I know you've experienced some of this. Oh, 100. percent I was going to say this isn't my background. I'm like, we went <laughs> yeah. and did Halloween, so I've never had a exactly. cheesy approach. I was like, a happy pagan. Yeah. Come on, Baptist. Well, we'll do another episode of all. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I remember one of the ones I remember because it actually made me really mad as a kid. And if you're listening, Mom, I love you and I appreciate you, but this was, not, you, one, this was not one of my favorite moments <laughs> as a child. So growing up in the South, Southern gospel music was really popular. So like, you know, kind of the mix of country, gospel. Kind there are some of, names yeah. out there, man. Who are we talking? Like, I don't like, remember the like names. I didn't like yeah. listening to them. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So I remember there was this Halloween alternative concert where it was like the idea was... Let's have this Christian Southern Gospel concert so families could come as an alternative to Halloween. So kind of like you said earlier, like stay away from all the scary stuff. So, you you know, it was huge. I mean, it was like a coliseum, like thousands of people. And none of the kids, you know, my age, like 10, wanted to be there. You went with your parents. But the catch was they were like, if you dress up as a Bible character... That was like a contest. So, what, uh, what all like, characters have you gone as? I think one year I was like a giant Bible. Like I literally, was like, <laughs> I can't be a character. Bible character. Bible. He took yeah. very literally. Oh, totally. So I was a giant Bible. Now it was a KJV, of course. So uh, <laughs> love it. Whoa, so much fun going on right now. Austin just knocked over a mic. TJ, is that mic still doing all right? Giddy up. Go man, ahead, we're brother. still here. Okay. So in your culture, man, if it's not a KJV, you don't get that's trick no, or treat. No, you get no. the trick, man. You yeah. don't get a you don't get candy for an NIV down there. Am I still recording, TJ? Okay. So that was so I experienced that. Yeah, and that was every year. I mean, every year, as much as I wanted to go trick-or-treating. Before we move on, can you give me like one more character? Like oh, there was a lot. There was a lot of like Abrahams, and no okay. one dressed up as Jesus, though. Ironically, I'm like someone well, that's just had to be Jesus. Man. That's <laughs> iconoclast. Yeah. Right? What is Abraham? What do you do? How do you? How but, do you know? Well, if you think about it, like <laughs> any one of those characters, you have sandals, a bathrobe, and a beard. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, that's like, any of them. You'd have like a kid in like a wagon with wood carrying up the mat. Like I don't know how you would know. <laughs> no, okay, far. can I just go <laughs> too far? We, we have Great. so derailed on this podcast. I, you didn't knock over your mic. Evidently, your cord got hooked on my foot, and I pulled it over. <laughs> And we're totally this off the great. rails. So, okay. So back on track. Now, your question is, like, like so, so there have been some cheesy. So they were inviting people to this... Uh, Southern Gospel concert, which no kid my age liked Southern Gospel. Still to this day, probably doesn't like Southern Gospel music, but... And, you know, I, I, I'm sure you, you might have other examples. I've heard of people handing out gospel tracts, little booklets with the gospel explained in it and... Because most kids don't want a Snickers. They would rather have a booklet, which I'm sure they went home and read or not. Other, other things that I've heard, Judgment House. Have you heard of this type of thing? And so you would hand out invitations to a Judgment House type of event. I, was, I actually was in a Judgment House growing up. So Dressed as I the Bible? Were you the end? I was you were the suffix. <laughs> you just say, come to me, and you open the Bible and walk to <laughs> He was in NIV. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually in the, there was a party room scene because every judgment house leads to like 
you know, it's like teenagers are drinking, you get in a car wreck, you wake up in hell and realize you're not a Christian. I was in the party room where we were, you know, smashed, drinking. You Reading know, NIVs. Yeah. So we were drinking root beer. Because, yeah. yeah Parents of so. evil. <laughs> so judgment, ha- those are big. And yeah, maybe not so much in every part of the country, but some and, parts. And so I think it, the point we want to get back to on it is that uh, there are ways that, that sometimes we try to engage with our culture as Christians that we think are very faithful. And so we're just being faithful. We're doing our job. But are they effective? And that's a principle I've tried to keep in mind as we doing ministry, both when I did college ministry and as we've um, launched redemption together and seen this thing grow, that we don't want to just be faithful, but we also want to be effective. And so are these things uh, actually helping people come to Christ? And I would say... Uh, you might be better off to hand out really good candy and build relationships with your neighbors and love them. And through those relationships over time, share the gospel with them, tell them your testimony, invite them to church. That might prove much more fruitful uh, than only faithful. Well, I think obviously we do, you know, have done events here, but now I think of like kids and kids on, okay, we've stayed away totally from Halloween because we're talking little kids, but man, we get families here. They're blessed by the event that, you know, they make connections with the church. I mean, that's an example of how, you know, we're passing out candy, you know, I mean, clearly based off of kind of the Halloween tradition, but we're using that to get people connected to the church. Yeah, we started to do a trunk or treat event right here in our parking lot and people decorate their cars and hand out candy and kids have a blast and we invite people back here to church. I mean, it's been, it's been good. Yeah. Now, is there anything, um, we kind of hit it on at the beginning and we want to make sure we hit it even here. Like, is there anything you guys would encourage parents to shy away from? We've kind of dropped a few throughout, but as we kind of get closer to the ending, any just kind of stay away from practical things. Yeah, so I think of okay, biblically, what are we worried about? Like, okay, witchcraft. What, you know, we're worried about getting down. So anything that's going to go too far that way, and also, you know, I want to be guided by what does the Bible say, not just like oh, that's bad, and then we shun that. But like, okay, set your mind on things above. All right, do I want my kids, you know, just you know, thinking about death and you know, being dressed up and celebrating death and gore? Well, you know. I'm sure there's people listening that they've had, you know, their kids have a bloody costume. Is that the worst thing in the world? No. But man, I, you know, is, is that going to be what's best for my kids? So some of those costumes are going to go far that way of, of celebrating death, of getting into, you know, demonic things. Yeah, I would shy away from that. You know, I, that's not something I'm going to have my kids dress as. So to be plain, we would discourage Christian parents from dressing their kids up as demons. Dead things, you know, like uh, that just seems like a bad idea. Now, we, we, uh, one of the things, uh, did you have others, brother? You're good. So, one of the things that came to mind for me is I I can get fussy on Halloween. Um, Shannon is usually would take our kids around, I mean, they're older now, so they don't do that, but she would take the kids around the neighborhood, uh, dressed up, getting candy. I would say at her house handing out candy. And I, I would get frustrated because we'd have, you know, like seniors in high school, college-age kids coming up, no costume, just getting candy. I'm like, you literally are stealing candy from children right now. Or the other one that started to frustrate me more is when you have moms who would uh, have the baby, like the newborn in a stroller. And I'm like, lady, if you give this 
kid candy, the kid's going to choke and die. But it's not for the kid, it's for her, right? So now you have adult parents that are taking candy from children. And I would start to get so bunged up. But uh, the one that started to really crystallize for me, though, is uh, when you have people coming from other neighborhoods. And I started to notice this effect in people where uh, they get upset because they're not from our neighborhood. Where I live in Kent, on the other side of Water Street is an area that is more impoverished. And people would leave that neighborhood, and Lord have mercy, would you know it? They would cross the street and come over in our neighborhood and take our candy. But what's interesting to me is some of the roots of Halloween from the Catholic tradition was that it was specifically blessing the poor. And, and so th that's, there's so much in both the pagan and the Catholic tradition that I think we need to reject. But that's the one thing that I think is like really, really good of it. So that when I have people who maybe come from uh, less wealthy neighborhoods than ours, I don't live in a very wealthy neighborhood myself, but, but, but come from poor neighborhoods and come to a neighborhood who has more and go door to door and get candy. That's the good part of it. I think we ought to celebrate that and rejoice in that and, and cheer that on instead of scorn that. And I've heard of people who are like, you know what, anymore it's people from other neighborhoods that are coming into our neighborhood. I'm just not doing it anymore. And they shut off the lights and they close the drapes. And that makes me sad. And yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm guilty of the parent thing. So <laughs> You went around. How old was Gwen? Oh, no, I mean, it would be young enough. To, I just knew she wouldn't eat all of it. But, you know, Gwen's going up like, sweetie, the Snickers. So, you know, let's not be silly here. Get the Snickers, sweetie. <laughs> Stupid pastor, Jared. Of course. But I can't get mad at you. That is the more controversial topic probably, is it? At what point is are you too old for Halloween? I mean, that's we've all been there, you know, the group of like high school teenagers just walking the streets. Like, come on, man. That's... That's the deep question. How old is too old? Well, and notice what I said, not wearing a costume. So I'll cut them. If they at least dress up and show some effort and then you say, man, I just don't want to let it go of my childhood. I want to do Halloween. Okay. But when you drop the costume and you're just like, you're like six, four walking house to house grabbing candy. I think that's a different thing. You're not holding on to your childhood. You're holding on to little kids candy. So I want to challenge our listeners. How I don't care your age. If you're like 50, dress up and show up at someone's house and see if you can get candy. If you're wearing the costume, it does not matter your age, I think is what you and just again, said. And again, Pastor Rick's address is... Yeah. <laughs> show notes, show notes. Well, guys, this has been a great discussion. Is there anything you guys want to leave the listeners with before we wrap up? Yeah, one of the interesting things about this topic is it can relate to a more general issue of legalism. And that is where I make rules that God has not made. And I think we have to be very careful about that as Christians. And I think we have to be, listen, you as a Christian are very free to make all kinds of rules for yourself. Now, God has made rules that apply to all of us. There is no rule in scripture that says whether you can dress up in a fun costume and go house to house on October 31st and get candy. There's nothing in there. Now, if, if an individual Christian says, yeah, but because of this and that, that's not for me, you can make that rule for yourself. The problem we get into as Christians is when I not only make that rule for myself, but I feel like if you are a good Christian, if you really love Jesus, if Jesus really loves you, you'll do what I'm saying you have to do. And so now I'm not making rules for me. I'm making rules for everybody. I'm standing in the place of God, and that is not my spot.
And so I think there is a broader issue in the background to this, that we have to not make rules where God hasn't. Where God has been silent, we're silent. And where God has spoken, we lean in hard. Yeah, I think that's huge. Of Man, don't do it for other people. I guess what the guy would add is, and even as you're doing it for yourself, be biblically thoughtful. Not just, oh, we don't do this, we don't do that. And we, okay, you know, what is the biblical principle of, you know, how you're making this decision? Is it guided by God's word or just superstition? And man, as you're thinking through that, you know, think through, okay, what is your guiding principles and passages that are making that decision? Not just, oh, that's this, that's wrong, that's not. Man, what does God say? All right, well, thanks, guys. Those are some great thoughts to end on. Thanks for answering some of these questions, helping us rethink Halloween. Hopefully, if you're listening, this has caused you to rethink it a little bit. And if you are comfortable, that you will lean in even in a couple of weeks and be a good neighbor. Use this holiday uh, to leverage the gospel. So thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you back next month. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. To catch the latest episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us. For more resources like this, visit our website at www.redemptionchapel.com grow. We hope you join us next time on Redemption Unscripted.